Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Roger Kibbe. And we are Two Voice Devs. Hey, way to go, Roger. Um, just let everybody know we got a guest here. Um, Alan is out just uh, for this week. So nothing's uh, happened to him. He's just uh, off doing some other things. And we've got uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Roger. Um, Roger, why don't you go ahead and just do a brief introduction, uh, like uh, who you are and, and like when we met. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about when we met. I believe it was at uh, in January 2018 at what was the Alexa conference, now uh, Project Voice. Yep. Uh, and I think there was about 100 of us in the Chattanooga Public Library yeah. <laughs> uh, there. So you can see that was kind of, you know, even though that was that long ago, it was kind of the early days of voice. Oh, and I remember it was cold. So we still like were wearing our jackets uh, inside. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, this California boy was definitely cold going to uh, Chattanooga in the uh, in the snow in, in January. I'm not used to that stuff. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, and I think I, we, we immediately we met and immediately hit it off. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've loved about voice is it's such a friendly, great community. Um, but yeah, give a brief background on myself. Uh, long career in technology and consulting and um, e-commerce, e-commerce architect and uh, technology strategy and omni-channel. Um, but in 2017, you know, I got this big bug about, uh, I'm gonna go back and join the startup world. Uh, and I said, you know, voice was something I'd been playing with and I just saw this enormous potential there. And so left what I call my, my cozy corporate IT job uh, and said, I'm going to start a voice startup. Uh, and our whole idea was this idea of WordPress for voice, make it super easy to develop a voice presence. Uh, so worked on that for about 15 months. Uh, you know, ideas are cheap. Execution is hard. And we were yep. full of ideas and execution. Me and two part-time co-founders wasn't uh, fully uh, executing where we needed to be. And, you know, I got a family. I got two teenage daughters. I could have put, you know... Uh, food in their plates and a house over their head. And so I started doing some voice consulting work uh, and I entered this hackathon uh, for Samsung Bixby uh, before it had even been released. And so I went, entered the hackathon and actually won it. Uh, and that's when oh. I met uh, people like kind of the legendary Adam Chire who, mm -hmm. founded, who founded Siri. Went and worked for Apple for a couple of years when Siri was purchased, left and founded Viv Labs. Uh, and then Samsung acquired Viv. And so then I went to work for Viv Labs and directly for Adam. And, you know, I'm a developer evangelist. So what does that mean? You know, I go out and I talk, I talk to people like you <laughs> and Alan about, hey, let's talk about conversational AI. Let's talk about voice. And let me tell you how you can do some things with Bixby and really, you know, um, a conversation about development and how to do it and ideas and thoughts there. So I'm very externally uh, focus there. So I do that. Uh, I do manage most of it. If you see Bixby developers on social media, you can blame me because I manage mo most of our uh, social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and uh, collaborate on YouTube. Uh, and then I am the host of the uh, podcast myself, the Bixby developers chat. And indeed, Mark, you've been an, a guest. Yeah. So was Alan. And uh, yeah, you know, I try to find interesting people in the voice industry to go and talk and have a conversation about what's happening. It's not specific to Bixby. It's really about, I think this person is interesting and cool. 
I think they'd be cool for people to hear from. I'd love to talk to them. Let's record our conversation. So that's the way I look at it. But uh, yeah, so that, that's that's brief introduction to myself. Yeah, so we had met in, in Chattanooga and then we had kind of reconnected uh, later uh, pre-COVID at uh, Voice Summit in New Jersey. And you were running a hackathon there for, for Bixby. And uh, you know, I'm like, you know, what are you doing? What's, go- what's going on over here? And you were talking to me about uh, being a Bixby premier developer. And so I'm like, hey, I haven't done anything with Bixby yet. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we reconnected and how I got involved uh, with Bixby development, uh, thanks to you and uh, those that were on your team that were able to answer lots of questions and, and get moving. And I was able to, to quickly uh, put out three or four um, capsules and uh, so that's kind of how, how we've reconnected. And, and we're, today we're going to talk a little bit about Bixby. So, um, so Roger, why don't you just tell us about what's kind of the current state of, of Bixby development? Um, and we can just kind of spend a few minutes talking about that. Yeah. So um, when you're developing for Bixby, Mark, you mentioned a capsule. So with the equivalent of a skill or an action, maybe sometime the industry will standardize on terminology. If we have time, we might talk about Open Voice Network, another thing I'm involved with that is looking for to standardize a lot more than just terminology. But um, yeah, so when you're building for Bixby, you're building for Samsung devices. So you're building for Samsung phones, you can build for Samsung smartwatches, you can build for Samsung appliances in particular, if you've seen that smart refrigerator with the giant screen, mm-hmm. uh, and then Samsung TVs. And then there's an end user marketplace for all those, except not quite TVs yet. Uh, and hint, hint, there's another device coming pretty soon, but I can't oh. talk about that. But uh, a little breaking news or fun thing there for you. Um, so you're building for those. Um, it is pretty darn different. Um, so I started, as many of us uh, did, building for Alexa, uh, you know, a little bit, one moderately successful skill in a bunch that nobody ever uses. Uh, so, uh, and then did a little bit with Google. And then uh, when I joined Viv Labs, uh, then started obviously doing uh, big speed development. Really, really different. Um, really uh, model-driven and declarative. Right, so mm-hmm. you do a bunch of modeling uh, and very little traditional coding, um, and quite quite different, for instance, than Alexa. Where I'd say Alexa is mostly imperative. You do a fair amount of, of coding, right? You do your lambda, right? There's a bunch of boilerplate code that you got to write in there, and you have your business logic. Although you clearly uh, you model your NL uh, training in, in Alexa, and then you know Google's somewhere between the middle of the two. But yeah, to give it an example, so we uh, had a little webinar and I, I, I took uh, the pet match skill, kind of pretty well-known yep. uh, open source uh, Alexa thing. And I ported it over to Bixby and I think in Alexa it was something like 450 lines of Node.js code. And when I ported it over to Bixby, it was something like 35 lines of actual JavaScript code. Why is that? Because all that logic was really replaced by modeling. So it's really a different paradigm shift. Yeah, it is. And I got to tell you, um, I, I grew up, you know, developing, you know, early Java development that I've done a lot of imperative developing in my career. So when I went over to Bixby, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know how this thing's all working and all this stuff is working together. And it What's my job as a developer now? 
<laughs> yeah, kind of glues together. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's all this modeling involved. And um, so, and some people get it in a day and some people struggle and I'll be the first to admit, I struggled. Um, now I get it, right? I'm immersed into it and it's yeah. as much easier to me, but it definitely is a different development paradigm. So the closest I can analogy I can think of is if you've done both React and Angular programming, Angular is pretty imperative. There's a fair amount of code that you need to write. You move to React and whoa, like some magic just kind of happens, right? I right. tell this component what to do and it just does it. That's a little bit, very different, but it's that kind of paradigm, kind of plate, Teutonic kind of plate shift as a developer you got to go through to move over to Bixby development. Yeah, so it is definitely interesting. I, I know when I first started, uh, first of all, uh, um, there is a development studio that actually syncs with uh, with the cloud. And as you're deploying, th as you're developing things, and even before you deploy, and so that was different immediately. And then you start off, you you, you create these models, and you call them you know concepts or structures or, you know, um, but. Uh, you start by figuring out this is the data that's going to be talked about, and then you start uh, you know, creating actions around those. And and in some cases, uh, you can execute JavaScript code locally, or you can uh, make remote uh, like API calls um, to to get to your data. And it is it is quite a bit different. And then um, as you're doing your language model, um, it's also interesting because you've you've got a lot more dials, a lot more things that you can do. I, I, I never quite felt like I grasped all of the, the, the things that you could do with translations that I was only using a part of what the full capability was. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you did point out another big difference, right? You use the Bixby Developer Studio. There's an all-to-one ID, right? You do your modeling, your coding, there's a simulator there, there's a debugger in there. And then it just syncs to that. You don't have to create a separate cloud account, right? right. Um, if I'm, uh, I can't keep up with everything happening Alexa wise, but I assume you still need to go. Uh, there's not a. You still need to create your AWS account. Typically, host and host a Lambda there. I'm all saying this is the typical stuff. There's right. lots of ways to doing Alexa development, um, and then you need to sync. Well, all that stuff is happening for you, but but behind the scenes, right? So you write some code. And it syncs up to the cloud and you can jump over to the simulator and go do that. And, you know, that has its pros and cons. Um, I, you know, I'm so used to it. <laughs> I went to go do some, you know, I still do a little bit of uh, development in other platforms and I have an Alexa skill I need to update. Uh, and I was like, wow, like I have to sync this stuff and, 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 and keep it going and things. And it just, it just, it was something that was second nature when I did it. And now the Bixby way where I don't worry about it is done. Um, for you. Um, so that, you know, that's a big, you know, the third, the other big difference is it's inherently multimodal. So yes. there is no, there is no voice only experience. As a matter of fact, if you created a voice only experience, it fail. We have a certification process, much like mm -hmm. um, Alexa has a Google, it would fail, right? So you actually have to create a UI and allow the user to input the UI. And, and when I say input, there's actually, I mean, there's buttons and sliders and checkboxes. I mean, it's almost like you can create a kind of, I'll call it a web-ish UI. So pretty, pretty different um, um, on that input side. And then the output, I mean, all of the voice platforms have a good way to, you know, create some UI visually in the output. And we've seen a lot, lots of advances in industry in the last couple yep. of years there. 
um, as more and more multimodal is there. But yeah, you definitely are building a multimodal application. And I always say multimodal is harder than voice only. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, to think about. It, yeah, there definitely is more to think about um, with that. Um, but you also don't need to, I guess, you don't need to worry about per se, the fact that am I going to write this for the, you know, the phone or for the fridge or for the TV or for the watch. Um, you use the same you know, constructs and, um, and, you know, it, it applies uh, some of that to, across the, the, the different devices. Yeah, so the language, it's called Bixby Views, right? Yep. Our own markup for for UI, right? Um, and one of, the, one of the nice things about it is kind of, you know, right wants to play anywhere. Um, it actually works pretty darn well. Um, I mean, certainly the phone and the, and the, um, uh, uh, the appliance is the, really the appliance is a giant tablet. Yep. and things right so it's just building and so the ui works for it the watch is a <laughs> an interesting paradigm and an interesting right. place to do development it works but you're probably that's the place you're going to need to tweak and think about it right because there's a very limited you know an inch screen there um, i actually find developing for the watch probably the most interesting and challenging and probably the place where I'd argue the industry has spent the least amount of time thinking about, you know, so I know there's Google um, uh, Wear OS, right? Um, which is a little checkered history of Google Assistant and Wear OS, as I understand, but I mean, you can develop for it. I think that's a really interesting place to develop voice apps. I don't think that we've spent as an industry a lot of time or thinking about how or what to do there. I will yeah. tell you, if you're going to develop for there, because I can see, we see the usage of watches, people want quick in and out. They do not engage in multi-turn uh, uh, voice interactions with the watch. Right. They want to ask it one thing and get it, or maybe two things and get it. So quick in and out. So if you're going to build something for that small screen for watch on mobile on the go, think uh, quick Q&A, very simple in and out. You know, maybe even a very shorter simple phrases. Game. Yeah. So even, mm -hmm. even your text to speech is probably going to be different on those. Yeah, I mean, like a simple game. I'm thinking like question of the day would probably work pretty well yeah. on the watch, right? It's a really beautiful content in a simple simple game, right? Um, but multi-turn kind of things, I'm just saying what I've seen from, we have a lot of data on user behavior. Mm -hmm. They don't, people don't do it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So um, I started doing Bixby stuff, but since I've been doing Jovo for quite a bit of years, then... It was interesting um, the approach that the, um, the the Bixby plugin took for for Jovo was actually to model. Um, I you know I could use quite a bit of the, the same backend code that's you know hosted in Lambda, but really it as you're creating actions you're actually uh, creating them remotely and you're doing it in a, in a certain fashion which then basically turns each of those into an intent. So each action then maps to an intent. So then that actually gets you know mapped to your intent handler in your code, um, and and that actually worked out pretty good. It's it's uh, you know not exactly how Bixby was uh, designed, and uh, but if you're doing something cross platform, it actually worked uh, fairly well on a, a number of different projects I did uh, to be able to use Jovo and do cross platform. Do you see, do you see much of that or? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I've seen Jova less with Bixby than I might um, expect. Although, quite frankly, um, I, I act like I'm not on when we were doing a, this big hackathon. <laughs> Me and everyone else was on the review team because there was so much coming in. It was just insane, right? It was spending 10 hours. So I don't see a lot of the incoming stuff now. So I don't know how much Jovo is there or not. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jovo. And, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit that I'm a fan. I, you know, I give them money every month. I love what Jan and team are doing. And yet I haven't done as much with Jovo as I want. I love the idea of cross-platform development. I mean, I think yep. one of the big industry challenges is these different platforms that are pretty darn different how they work. And so you get something like Jovo that kind of puts it together and makes it easier. You know, you know, I always like to think uh, web developer for way too long. So I always try to equate, you know, this to web development. I don't know, maybe Jovo is some, and, 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 this is said the right way because where it is. Maybe it's the jQuery because jQuery was amazing when it came out. It's yeah, like, that's... oh my gosh, I have all these different browsers and I can code once to all of them and a bunch of boilerplate stuff that I have to take care of is done for me. And maybe that's where 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 we are. Not a perfect analogy, but I just yep. try to think of, you know, kind of steps along the path, right? And uh, um, um, yeah, I, I love what the Jovo guys are doing kind of solving a big, big yep. inter- industry challenge, you know, on the kind of the simple, the, likewise, the voice flow guys are solving somewhat yep. the same challenge, but in a, I'm going to make this super accessible to non-developers. Although I'd argue building a complicated voice flow application is really a development. Although yeah. they maybe they don't <laughs> say that because, you know, there's conditionals in there and everything yeah. there. Maybe it's a friendly UI, but that's definitely development, right? I, development is all kinds of things, right? From, you know, writing assembly to writing, you know, Excel uh, macros. That's all development (laughs) and everything in between. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the cross. I think it's good for the industry. Yeah, I think so too. Cross-platform tooling like Jevo. Yeah, so um, the most recent thing that I've built is uh, Snatch Word. And it's a game that uh, I originally planned on uh, on releasing for for Alexa and Google and Bixby. In fact, most of the code's there. Um, and the idea is that it's a massive multiplayer online game. So you can play in real time against players from around the world and on different devices. And that shows up on your leaderboard. So as you show up on the leaderboard, you're identified as um, playing on an Alexa device from the, the UK or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I did run into some issues on Bixby and then unfortunately uh, just got, um, you know, hit with lots of uh, stuff at work that I haven't had the time to, uh, <laughs> to really uh, work on that uh, this, this year, but uh, would still like to get back to that. Uh, I still like the idea of, of being the first game that works uh where you can play against uh, the three major platforms um, at the same time. So we'll, we'll see if I can get back to that. Awesome. I'd love to. You mean, you mean your day job got in the way of your nighttime hobbies? Oh, Gee, I never yeah. That. But you know what? <laughs> My day job is the stuff I really like to do. So I, I don't know. You really can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love my day job too and things, but yeah. I also like to, you know, I spend my day job working with with Bixby, but I, you know, my nighttime passion, I really love voice and conversational AI yep. and things like that. And the latest thing I've been playing with a little bit uh, is Raza, which is really interesting. Oh, yeah. I 
super cool stuff. I'm I'm literally on Raza one kind of right now. So, but they have some kind of rethinking of some things about about particularly modeling conversations and things. They think is really cool. So I I I can get all excited and wave my hands <laughs> and jump up and down uh, uh, over this industry because I think we're so nascent and so early and. There's so much more. There's so much to be built, right? Yes, We're just building the simplest possible stuff. Yeah, I'm I really you know excited about what we can do and just uh, always wanting to have a little bit more functionality, a little bit more things that I can do to to uh, keep pushing the, the envelope and making experiences. But overall, I don't know, maybe you, you found this too. I've really found the voice industry to be very very friendly, so much more friendly than I have other um, places in tech over the years. Um, I don't know. What's your experience? I, to- I very much agree, right? You know, and I don't maybe because it's a new industry and there's a rising tide for all. Um, and may- maybe it's the people who are attracted to it. I don't know what the magic sauce is there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's clearly some competition going on, but it feels like everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Right, so I definitely know my counter. I, I know my counterparts on the Alexa side pretty darn well. Um, the Google developer advocates are a little bit more, not quite as public, so I don't know them quite as well. But I've met them and talked to them, and they're all smart and sharp, and I love love talking to them. Yep. Um, and so there does feel in this industry there's this sense of cooperation. I think we're all so excited about what could be, <laughs> and so kind of challenged about what is that we like to get together and kind of commiserate about, this doesn't work. (laughs) Oh man, can you imagine if, yeah. And so I think that's what, you know, the, 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 just the grand opportunity in front of us makes it that really collegial kind of environment. Um, So yeah, I I love talking to people from, from anybody and everybody in this industry. It's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great and fun industry. Yeah, no, it has been, I I can even still picture, I like, um, that, that first conference that we were at, I can, I can picture the library. I can also picture the, um, the, the party they had one night, um, at the, at the bar, it was like a, like a guitar museum or something like that. Oh, yes. Yes. And, um, and so, and they had like a spread, I think of different types of nuggets and dipping sauces maybe, but I remember even like what's, what position on the bar that we like pulled over a chair and just kind of like, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk and, and, and get to know each other a little bit better. And you're telling me about California and, and the things that you were doing. And so I, I don't know, I, I've, I've kind of you as a friend from the very start. So um, I just. Absolutely. Really Absolutely. That. Yeah. I, I love talking to you anytime, Mark, you know, COVID's ending. So we got to go back. I am a man. I love, okay. My colleagues think I'm nuts. <laughs> there is nothing I like more than going to a conference. Because, I, and I'll tell you, here's what happens to me in a conference, right? So, um, so you know, I get the boot duty and oh, that's fine. And then I try to go out and I try to uh, go to like some of the talks. Yep. And nine times out of 10, I don't make the talk because I meet someone in the hallway. And, you and I'm like, talking. hey, oh my gosh, well, I only know you from your Twitter handle, yeah. right? <laughs> and then we sat down and we talk and things like that. And I just have a grand time talking and meeting with people. And, and I get, I get all... I'm like the Energizer Bunny at a conference. So I'm super excited for things to open up and get back to normal because my my favorite place to be, <laughs> at least professionally, is is at a conference and meeting people and talking to them and getting to know them. And, you know, 
thinking about the grain cool stuff we could be building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we wanted to touch a little bit on Open Voice Network. Um, I, I, you know, joined on early on, um, like there was a, a meeting at, uh, at uh, Project Voice Conference where a lot of us got together and kind of kicked it off uh, uh, with John and, um, and you've continued that on. So why don't you talk a little bit about what's new with um, OVN? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so briefly, if people don't know what OVN is, um, uh, so started by John Stein, who I, I know John for, I've known John for almost 20 years, so back to our e-commerce days. So anyway, um, he sat there and said, hey, as we've been talking, there's all these different platforms doing different things, and we're trying to, we don't have industry standards, and so this is a group that's trying to get together, or trying, getting together, mm -hmm. uh, and saying, hey, we're going to start talking about some industry standards or some industry guidelines to help advance the uh, the industry forward. And he's gotten some pretty big name um, retailers uh, up front to, to sign on and help drive this. Uh, matter of fact, a big announcement today is the Linux. It's been kind of part of the Linux Foundation, but not publicly. And so today the Linux Foundation said, hey, Open Voice Network is an official thing. And there's All a right. big announcement today. So that's good. So um, there are three things that the OVN is working on. Um, one, uh, security and privacy. I mean, kind of a no-brainer. Um, and, you know, how do you get, you know, I, I like how John, he talks to all about user trust. So what can we do as an industry to get users to trust using voice assistance, conversational AI, right? right. We've all read articles. And, oh, my gosh, this thing uh, records to me. And, you know, I think, I think it's a hump in the industry to get past that kind of, Yep. privacy concerns to go do that. And I, I feel like we're kind of maybe you know, bumping into that right now there. So anyway, let's talk about that. There um, some standards and some thinking, some thoughts around not only technology, but of how to communicate what happens, uh, you know, in kind of non-technical ways. So the layman understands what happens with voice technology well enough they feel comfortable with their data. Uh, and then the other thing is all about <laughs> interoperability, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so that's like our friends, you know, you know, Jovo, we were just talking about a great tool for interoperability, but how do we, you know, take this mass of all these different platforms and start thinking about, well, how can we build something interoperable and still let the platforms innovate among themselves? I mean, right. you know. I'll, I'll be frank, Mark, taking my, you know, who I work for hat off completely. The reason the web won is because of interoperability, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, and I went, I remember the browser wars. That wasn't always true, man. I remember fighting with IE bad, IE6 oh, still. I still yeah. I have gray hair from IE6. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just one, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, lot, lot, lots, lots of them, actually. It's not just age. Um, but, uh um, th then it becomes, and now today I can build a really great web application that will work on, on any browser. And so we've done a lot. So thinking about how, how to bring that to the voice industry and how to work with the big players, the big platform providers to advocate for that and bring that forward. Uh, and then the last thing is really about a, a voice registry, think of like yep. DNS for voice. So, you know, you go and you have to give your invocation name, you got to register Alexa. It's a different process than go, you build your, your, your Alexa skill or your Bixby capsule, or, you know, and, and saying, hey, 
let's create this DNS-like functionality where you can go register this once uh, and have it available. That's the one that I'm pretty deeply involved in. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting. I mean, it sounds simple. It is simple, and yet it's not. Because you start thinking about, okay, if there's two voice, uh, ex- I call them voice experiences, voice apps. Yep, voice apps my new yeah. brand neutral name um, for, I don't know, let's say Bob's Donuts. Well, there could be 10 Bob's Donuts across the country. Yeah, oh, yeah. When I ask for Bob's Donuts, who, who am I? I'm probably asking for the local Bob's Donuts, not yep. the Bob's Donuts in Louisiana. So how do I, you know, figure that out or give enough information to the voice assistant platform to figure that out? You know, sounds like um, all, all, all these different things. Anyway, pretty deeply involved with that. We're about, we're just at the stage where we've done, we've done enough darn talking, <laughs> you yeah. know, enough analysis and really starting to build out um, um, some prototypes and ideas to be something pretty open and standard um, that um, either the individual voice platforms would go and take and, and use as an open standard, or maybe it ends up in something, if you think about the web, right? There's a whole domain registry and you go through this process and it's a third party who handles that. Exactly how that fits to be determined, but the conceptual idea of being able to manage your voice presence name a, a single place and not have to race around the platforms and one person gets it and another person doesn't, I think has a lot of likes. So I go on and on about that, but it, yeah. it's an interesting uh, thing to work on. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely uh, like the idea of, of a voice registry. Um, and we just need to make sure we do it in a way that, that users are in control or are fully informed. I know that there are, a number of um, you know, early starters out in the voice industry that they're you know were wanting to make voice experiences for customers, and as a way to do that, they've created kind of like a marketing tool where they say, "Hey, you need to come in and 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 lock in your your domain name before somebody takes it," and and you know trying to use some of the same terminology as what the the domain registry is on the web. But really, it doesn't apply, and it's and and in some in some cases, I, I feel like borders on being unethical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having a voice registry that that you know provides value, but in such a way that that people are fully informed that that um, you know in some cases uh, you can verify our website, and your Google action would um, in essence be verified and protected. Uh, whereas on Alexa, you can have multiple things have the same mm-hmm. um, wake, uh, same invocation name, um, and uh, and that you don't really. The only thing that protects you there is if you've got the trademark for it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, there is still a lot of confusion, and 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 some people I think are adding to the confusion. But I really like the idea of a, a voice registry um, that hopefully will will put some more power into the hands of of people and make sure that they are understanding what's going on. Yeah. Something, something standard that works. You're right. I mean, I've seen those too, what you're talking about, Mark. And, you know, I, I feel like they're quite frankly, taking advantage of people who don't quite understand what's happening. Right. Different. You, you gave the great example. Alexa allows duplicate invocation names. Google, neither Google nor Bixby currently do. Um, um, I think at some point you're going to have to allow my example of Bob's donuts. Yep. But you're going to have to be smart about how you're going to allow 
allow them and not create this great kind of rush to, you know, people have run up. There's definitely, uh, you know, you hear the domain name squatting. There's definitely voice squatting going on, right? Where people are just got these kind of crap, you know, you know, fact-based things that are sitting there. Um, I, I would, I hope we could, <laughs> yeah. I would hope we could avoid some of that. And yet human nature is to go and try to, you know, outsmart the person next to him. But, you know, anyway, um, fun stuff to work on. And I think, I think, I think we've done right, which is hard. Yep. It'll, it'll be good for the industry. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Roger, for being on uh, Two Voice Devs. Would love to have you back again uh, sometime. Yep. Two Voice Devs. Um, and for those that are watching or listening, um, we just hope you're enjoying um, what, what you're learning. And also we invite you to ask questions or to get involved um, because uh, you're just as important as, uh, as anyone else in this industry. If you've got a desire to make a difference and contribute, we're happy to accept that contribution. So uh, awesome. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you later. Have a great week, uh, Roger. Absolutely. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, I'll, I'll just say the last thing. I, I always try to say, start of a conversation, not the end. You can follow me on Twitter, at Roger Kibbe. Um, and I'd love to keep on talking about, yes, I'd, I'd love to talk about building for Bixby. But as you saw, I'm also passionate about the whole industry. Talk about OVN. Just talk about your crazy, wacky idea that you're building for voice, because crazy, wacky ideas are where great ideas come from. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you again. Thanks.